I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Leah, and my friend, Ripka. And this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Leah? I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, what invitation to act have you been working on lately? I have been reading Teaching in the Savior's Way with some of my friends, and uh, it's very good. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, okay. I, we've been reading it with the intent of like using those, uh, tools, I guess on our mission, uh, missions, but I recently was extended kind of a calling, I guess, I don't know, Mm -hmm. to teach the, um, it's an assignment, (laughs) assignment. There we go. To teach, um, one of the Sunday school classes, uh, for part of the summer. And, uh, so now I get to use that, those things in that assignment as well and i've been um i my actual calling is um award i don't know co-chorister (laughs) no assistant chorister i don't know but i've been directing try again (laughs) choir director there we go no i'm not chorister assistant ward choir Choir director director. there we go so i've been i've been working on a couple (laughs) musical numbers with people, and so um, I hope you figure that out before this Sunday when you <laughs> debut your first. Thing yeah, well, I've been working on stuff with with people, and uh, so I've been able to use those kind of ideas and methods. Yeah, even uh, in that in that area as well. So. Cool. <laughs> I am doing the same invitation to act, and um, I'm going very slowly. And <laughs> I I'm, I need to pick up the pace, so. Uh, Rivka, what invitation to act have you been working on? Um, I have, I have really just heavily been working on the um, uh, clearing out the debris. Yeah, it is a, that's it is such a, a consistent. Good one. It's a consistent effort, and I am continually amazed at um, the things that right now the spirit is telling me are debris in my life that I would not have thought um, would be. So, uh, it's, it's good and, and effort because the Lord likes the effort, but but the blessings that I'm already seeing coming from it are astonishing. I, it shouldn't be astonishing because when a prophet of God speaks and, and issues a, issues counsel and promises of blessing, of course the blessings come, but somehow it's still, maybe it's just astonishing that they come for me. You know how we get that way sometimes? Or like, obviously yes. people will be blessed, but maybe not because I know all of the, all of the intricacies of my unworthiness. Um, but it comes, this, it, the, the prophet speaks and if you may as counsel, the blessings come. Do you have any specific example of that? Maybe one thing you've tried to clear away and a blessing that's come from that? Um, well, yeah, uh, I am a big journaler. I've been a journaler my whole life. I love it. And sometimes they get really intricate. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before when we've teased me about my, uh, doodling in my conference room and stuff. 
Um, but sometimes they can get, you know, where it's maybe a little more about the aesthetics than this, than the stories or this stuff that I should be writing down. And so that's one of the things that, um, has come as I've, there's been, there have been a couple of projects that I've wanted to do, but the spirit has been like, pull back here a little bit on this stuff and just, just write, write down the experiences that we're having, write down the, you know, spiritual promptings that we have. And I find that, um, the revelation and the understanding of certain experiences, like I'm trying to kind of work through and write out what our experience during this pandemic has been. And at first it was sort of like, well, at the beginning, we, and I was trying to remember like details and things like that. Um, but as I have, as I've worked with the spirit to do that, it has been a lot, I've been, the spirit has brought to mind memories of moments or bits of conversation that are actually the really important parts of the story, far more than just, you know, sort of dates and events. So that's one of those. Awesome. Yeah. The promise that President Nelson gave with that um, invitation was to become more worthy. Mm. So the invitation was clear the debris and the promise was you would become more worthy from doing that. Yeah. Do you feel that that promise has been realized then? Well, yeah, it would have to be because if, if your ability to receive revelation increases, it does so because your worthiness has increased. And so when, you know, I, I don't sit there and feel like, yes, I do feel more worthy, but I can <laughs> see that the blessings that come from worthiness have increased. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Sometimes it's hard for us to accept our own worthiness. And so <laughs> maybe yeah. the alternate approach of um, seeking um, signs of that worthiness, like increased revelation mm -hmm. is you know, one of the ways we can come to accept that. And um, sometimes I have that conversation with people and I ask them about, have they been feeling the spirit lately? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, I felt it every day that I read scriptures this week. And when I yeah. came to church and when I listened to this lesson and then I listened to general, I felt it like 15 times this week. And I said, then, you know, that is evidence that the Lord is, you know, finds you worthy to, to send his spirit to you. Uh, so it's sort of, a good, a good gauge maybe. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for that discussion. We're going to go on and discuss the talk bless in his name by president Henry B. Eyring, the second counselor and the first presidency. And for me, there's a bit of a contrast here. Our last talk was Gifford Nielsen, who's a former BYU and NFL quarterback, sort of very, um, uh, energetic and, you know, rah, rah, rah sort of kind of guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Elder Iring is always so gentle and tender and just sweet. So it's sort of a contrast in personalities here, but still both serving the Lord and teaching doctrine in their own way. So um, Aaliyah, what was the big takeaway you got from this talk? Um, for this one, the takeaway for me was that we are supposed to magnify our um callings and abilities and he says at the end you're rising up and magnifying the priesthood matter to him because he loves you and he trusts you to bless people he loves in his name he being um heavenly father so and obviously i don't hold an office of the or i'm not ordained to an office of the priesthood but um i can still absolutely rise up and magnify um you know my own efforts and it was cool to hear that that matters to God. So yeah, I like that. Awesome. 
very specific language there. I have not been ordained to an office in the priesthood. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> that's uh, sort of the modern way as we, we approach this with our specificity language. Yeah, and I, I think that goes for everybody, right? We can all magnify the things that have been, been put in front of us, whether they're family callings or roles, you might say, or whether it's a church calling or a priesthood, you know, um, responsibility or duty. So that's awesome. Uh, Rivka, what was a big takeaway for you? Um, he was sharing in the middle of the talk a story um, when he learned what um, the purpose of the priesthood is to bless people for the Lord. When he learned what that looks like, he says practically, what that means practically. And he um, was asked to pass a sacrament. He said, instead of thinking about the process or precision in the way I pass the sacrament, I instead looked in the faces of each person. Um, and then the next paragraph down, he said, that day I had prayed for such a miracle to come. Instead of praying for how well I might do my part, I prayed that the people would feel the Lord's love through my loving service. I have learned this is the key to serving and blessing others in his name. So for me, that was sort of the whole takeaway that um, when when we serve in the Lord's name, our concern needs to be for the people serving rather than for how we're, we're doing the serving. It is reflected out rather than in. And, and we see that certainly in the Savior's life and his example of service. Yeah, I loved that. And he he compares it to another story about the sacrament where he um, his first Sunday passing the sacrament, he went behind this statue apparently on the church grounds where he, he lived and yeah. said this prayer to sort of help him perform his duties well, um, which is a very natural thing for a 12-year-old to feel. And our deacons and teachers in our ward who have been passing the sacrament it's been since we've gone back in person for the past three months, it's been like passing the sacrament for the first time every single week. Um, partly because we've been rotating, you know, who is attending, although that has changed recently as well, but also because the sort of rules and guidelines continuously change. Yeah. Um, and so our methods have continuously changed. So each week these Brave young men, you know, I, I remember that feeling that first Sunday where you just didn't want to screw up and you felt like everyone was watching you. And these brave young men have had that feeling every single week, I'm sure. And they've just been sort of gamely performing their duties, um, just roll, going with the flow and doing the best they can each week and been doing such a good job. So I felt I felt sympathy for them. And that really struck home as he told that story. And then he says, um, you know, some a line that really just stuck out to me and reminds me why we serve. And he said that day I had, uh, and so then he talked that about that other sacrament story, <clears throat> excuse me. And the difference between the two, he said that day I had prayed for such a miracle to come instead of praying for how well I might do my part. Okay. So just like you said, Rivka, I loved how he said, you know, instead of praying for myself, I prayed for a miracle. So instead of thinking about me and what am I doing and how's my performance, um, he's thinking about how can I bless the lives of others through a miracle? And that's just such a mind, mindset. Yeah. And you might do the same thing in both situations. But if you change that mindset around, um, it can really impact you and the person you're serving. And that was just uh, such a 
a gentle and beautiful and pure reminder of, you know, asking yourself, why am I serving? Um, sort of going back to our last one, what am I doing here? You know, but in a different way, am I doing this um, for my own sake or am I doing this for the sake of others? So just a really, really powerful reminder to me to ask myself, you know, am I praying for myself or am I praying for a miracle? So I loved that. Well, Aaliyah, um, what else stood out to you about this talk? Um, he told the story of a ministering brother in his ward who during uh, COVID and the lockdowns and stuff, when most people were uh, doing at-home church, uh, this ministering brother gave sacrament to um, this widow every single week for a very long time. And I think he says still to this day, quiet, he quietly comes to her home each Sunday, scriptures and a tiny piece of bread in hand to administer the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So... <clears throat> um, this uh, brother, this ministering brother magnified his calling and he, um, you know, using his priesthood service and, and his love for this widow, um, he was able to do that. And uh, he says his desire to magnify his priesthood service has grown as he has served in the Lord's name and in a way known almost exclusively to him. So I thought it was interesting that he said his desire grew as he served. Because I know that I've felt that in my life. Um, sometimes we don't want to do things that the Lord tells us that we should do. Um, but from my experience, when we do those things, my desire to do them has grown. After I take that first step, um, I, I suddenly, it's much easier to want to do those things after I start doing them. So I think that's a blessing that the Lord gives to those who are are willing to uh, magnify their callings. So you think that when you're magnifying your calling, <clears throat> the Lord helps us to increase our desire to serve? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yep. Okay. That's awesome. I like that. I, I, I struggle with this. I have a lot of people who come and say, you know, I need to be released. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And most of the time I, I you know, it's a one by one situation, but I often sort of counsel with them and say, you know, is serving the Lord less going to fix your problem? And I think mostly what they want is just to not feel that responsibility because um, that weighs on them, you know, no matter how much time their calling is taking or isn't. Yeah. Um, but eventually the hope is that that responsibility turns into joy or to a strength, you know, this, this, you know, priesthood holder who's going out asking for more responsibilities to bring the sacrament to people. It, you know, you wouldn't do that unless it was something that was um, a blessing in your own life. And that's again, going from thinking about it in, but the, so again, one of these gospel paradoxes is that doesn't happen unless you stop thinking about yourself. Does that make sense? You, you don't get the blessing of it becoming a strength to you unless you stop worrying about it becoming a strength to you. Right. Does that make sense? You, yep. you don't, <laughs> yeah. You don't gain your life <laughs> yeah. until you lose your life. <laughs> right. Um, you don't have freedom until you obey the commandments. Like all these paradoxes, it's, um, yeah. So I don't even know where I started with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> we're here now. But we're here now. <laughs> so Rivka, did you have anything to add to my crazy ramblings? Well, yeah, I'm just looking at a couple of things that I highlighted that went along with that. Later, He says um, when he was talking about giving uh, blessings. 
and wanting to give the blessings, priesthood blessings that the Lord wanted and not necessarily the ones that the family members around or even he himself wanted to give. So he says, um, I always pray to know what blessing the Lord has in store that I can give in his name. And I ask to know how he wants to bless that person and not what I or the people standing nearby want. Um, and then he talks about that same type of inspiration coming to patriarchs. And at the end of that sort of section, he says, it takes effort to distinguish what the Lord wants from what you want and the other person may want. Um, and in my notes, I put, it also takes a great deal of humility and trust to accept his will when it's so different from our own. And I know from my own experience, whether it's through callings um, or service, other service opportunities, um, frequently what the Lord wants is different than what I want. And a lot of times my stress and callings comes from me feeling like I have to come up with all the ideas and execute all the things. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of us probably struggle with huge feelings of inadequacy because we're like, I'm not up to the task. I've never been trained for this. We're a lay ministry. None of us have ever been trained for any of this. (laughs) (laughs) So we're all just like, I don't know how to do this. And um, when we get too caught up in that, then we can't hear the Lord saying, I know how to do this. I just, you, I just need you to do what I ask you to do. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what to do. You know, I mean, come up. Sometimes he's like, what do you think we should do? He does that one. Like with the brother of Jared, what ideas do you have? Um, (laughs) But ultimately it was his power that lit those stones. Right. Um, The brother of Jared didn't have to come up with a way to do that. He just had to be like, maybe what about this idea? Um, Yeah. So my experience has taught me that when we choose to accept and act on his will, then we're given spiritual blessings and gifts to, you know, put things into action. Or if we're trying to accept his will for maybe a loved one, um, (laughs) you know, who's, he gives, he gives this imagery of of hospitals and blessings. So I think that's one that's just familiar to us all, but sometimes it might have to do with, you know, loved ones who choose a different way of life than living the gospel or things like that. Um, and accepting that he, he is ultimately in control of what's going on and accepting that if we can accept his will in that as well, um, we can be given comfort and, and, in my experience to a change of heart, you know, and a change of mind and, and an ability to accept and feel joy in accepting his will over mine. Yeah, <clears throat> that's fantastic. And, um, I had two thoughts about that Rivka. So one is, um, the brother Jared, what the Lord said to him wasn't necessarily, what do you think we should do or what should you do? He said, I'll just read the scripture. Therefore, what will ye that I should prepare for you? Yeah. Um, So he's saying, what should, what do you want me to do for you? Um, Which is sort of a, a very um, similar, but at the same time, very different thought than what, what do you think we should do? It's what do you want me to do for you? Or how can I help you? Um, So I think that's very, yeah. Um, in line with what the Lord does for us all the time. He's, he's ready to help us. He just, we just need to ask him for it. 
Yeah. Um, and he's just asking the brother of Jared to give him a specific way that he can help. And then, you know, all that you sort of said can sort of be summarized by the talk, um, the title of the talk, which is bless in his name. Yes. Um, so if we're not blessing in his name, whose name are we, we blessing in, you know, uh, are we doing it for ourselves with our own name? Or are we doing it in the name of a priesthood leader, which is still not the right name, even if they mm-hmm. asked us to do it? And, you know, are we doing it in the name of our family or, um, you know, who are we blessing these people in? We should be blessing in his name. And um, that's a another just powerful thought. So uh, it's a, such a good talk. I really enjoyed this one. Um, <clears throat> Aaliyah, did you have any other thoughts that stuck out to you? Um, I liked this kind of paragraph at the end where he's talking about, um, understanding the Lord's, uh, desire and judgment and will. And he says, it will depend on our diligence in trying to know the Lord's will and our efforts to hear his voice so that we can know better what he wants for the person we are serving for him. It may come slowly, but it will come. So I like the word diligence, um, in trying to know the Lord's will. So if we aren't diligently attempting to understand the Lord's will, we're not, we're probably not going to. So if, if we're just trying to think like, Oh, one day I'll understand, or maybe if I pray this once, I'll understand. It doesn't usually work like that. It takes consistent effort of trying until we, you know, can do it. And even if we get good at, um, you know, receiving revelation or, or, or listening for the spirit, um, it doesn't always happen all the time. Like we're imperfect beings. And so even when we're consistently doing stuff, sometimes we're not consistent. Um, and so we have to, uh, it may come slowly, but it will come. I guess we just have to remember that. So what does that diligence look like? And how does that combine with what Rivka said about sort of um, not seeking our will, but seeking the Lord's will? Diligence to me um, almost always means daily. So mm. if I were thinking, that's a very specific answer. <laughs> <laughs> if I were if I were trying to understand the Lord's will for me, I would probably read some conference talks about it, and then I would I would take one thing that the talks ask you to do um, and try and do that every day. Like try and try and find something specific or something the Spirit tells you to do. And then I do that every day. And um, specifically for this, in knowing the Lord's will, I know writing stuff down helps um, because it shows the Lord that you uh, treasure the things that he tells you. So I would write every single time I feel the spirit tell me something, whether that's on my phone or in a little book or journal or, or something. Um, and then I, there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that you could do specifically too. But Okay, so... Um, studying, praying, and recording the answers. Yep. Somebody has been reading President Nelson. (laughs) 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 That's exactly what he talked about for receiving revelation. I love it. Yep. Um, And uh, it harkens back to uh, Rivka's opening discussion of sort of writing the things that are important down and and receiving those, Mm. um, receiving more of those as a result. So. Okay, fantastic. Rivka, anything else that stuck out to you in this talk? Um, 
there were a few things in specific, but I, I keep feeling like it's important to say that he, President um, Eyring is speaking to the men in the church, priesthood holders who have had the priesthood power, had priesthood power conferred upon them. Um, and that the principles of the way that priesthood power work <laughs> are the same for men and women. Women do not have priesthood power um, given to them in the same way that men do. But these principles and the way that the power of the priesthood works are the same for all of us. Any service we do in the name of the Lord is done with His power. Um, and I think that's an important thing to remember. A lot of times, we as women in the church kind of dismiss these talks in priesthood session as they're for the men. Um, but they're not. So for those for those of us women who are reading through this and listening, these principles are all exactly the same for us. Um, he says at the beginning, when I speak with you and hear of your great faith, it is my belief that there is an ever-increasing priesthood power in the world. And then he specifies with ever stronger quorums and ever more faithful priesthood holders um, because he's speaking to them. But this ever-increasing ever increasing priesthood power in the world, I believe, is happening because of covenant keepers, and that is men and women all together. Right. Fantastic. I, I agree 100%. Well, uh, let's talk about some promises and invitations. I should always do those in the other order. Invitations and promises. <laughs> um, so what are some invitations to act that you you both saw? So, Leah, what did you see as an invitation? Um, one invitation I saw was, um, you may feel small compared to the great sweep of what the Lord will do. If you do, I invite you to ask prayerfully how the Lord sees you. So I thought that was an oddly specific kind of invitation. Um, instead of asking us specifically to, you know, magnify our callings or or whatever it is that he was talking about for the rest of the talk, <laughs> he he asks us to ask the Lord how he sees us. So um, I just I don't know. It's an interesting one. And yeah. I, I guess it's important enough that it ties into um, this idea of magnifying our calling, because I don't know. It kind of almost goes back to the last talk about if you don't um, love and respect yourself, can you love and respect others? Right. So if we if we feel like the Lord sees us in a negative way, or or we don't know, and we need we need to ask to, and we feel small, he says, then we need to ask so that we can know for sure how the Lord sees us, and you know the Lord loves us, and so I'm sure He sees us in a positive way. And um, that can help us in our attempts to magnify our callings. Should we have a 15-minute tangential discussion about identity? <laughs> no. <laughs> Again? <laughs> it's playing. The thread is real here. Yep. <laughs> it really is. And, uh, you know, even the talk before um, Elder Nielsen's talked about that as well. You Can Gather Israel, you know, it talked all about who we are and where we came from and why that's important. So those things are important when so many areas of the world are just hammering in other identities into us. So Rivka, did you find any um, invitations or promises? Well, his very last statement, 
um, for me as an implied invitation, but it, it, it's read as a blessing, which I love because anytime a prophet or apostle gives a blessing, I love it with their, their apostolic powers. He says, I bless you now to be able to feel his love and his trust. Um, and so for me, the implied invitation is there to accept the blessing, accept this blessing oh. of being able to feel his love and his trust. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be huge. That's beautiful. I love it. Aliyah, did you have another promise or invitation? Um, I see some purple on yeah. your highlights. <laughs> so there were some promises earlier where he says, um, for whoso is faithful unto the obtaining oh. these two. What? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He's oh. reading the oath and covenant of the priesthood, but keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to the obtaining of these two priesthoods of which I have spoken and the magnifying their calling are sanctified by the spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. So that was interesting. And then he also says, um, all they who receive this priesthood receive me, saith the Lord. So. Yeah. I think president Nelson or somebody encouraged the women to study the oath and covenant of the priesthood, or maybe Probably it was president Nelson, the relief society. It president. Was, yeah, it was. Um, I can't remember now. Oh, you know, who, uh, yeah, well, keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think because um, of this renewed focus on understanding the way that women in the priesthood interact and the priesthood power given to all of us, uh, you know, that that came up to an encouragement to study the oath and covenant of the priesthood, not just for men, but for women as well. Um, and I think, I think what you said. Oscarson. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. And uh, that rings true to me. I I, I said President Nelson, but then up, I thought but, I think it yeah. was, I think it was actually a woman who encouraged. But anyways, I think yeah, I think that's a great thing to do. Um, to those promises can apply to all of us. Um, to you know receive this priesthood receiveth me. So, well, Rivka, did you find it? As we, um, I'm still I'm looking through her talks, but I don't know. Well. Maybe I I'll encourage bring it up everyone in the next one. <laughs> yeah, I encourage everyone to Google it for yourselves. Maybe that's our invitation to you: is go, <laughs> go, and even if you don't find the quote, uh, go read through the oath and covenant in the of the priesthood. So, um, well, thank you both for your insights today. Um, I think we can summarize his doctrine that he taught here um, by saying, "Take yourself out of your service and really focus on the person and the Lord." Or as he said, "Pray for the miracle, not for yourself." Um, and hopefully some of those invitations and promises will, will come to fruition in your life. So Aaliyah, how can people get a hold of us? Good question. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> and our usernames on those are Words of the Prophets Podcast, or you can email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, thank you. Our next talk will be What Has Our Savior Done For Us by Elder or by President Dallin H. Oaks, the first counselor in the first presidency. So thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.